Final TX Water Polo Podcast of the, you know, frankly awful 2020 Joe. Uh, Joe Linehan is in San Antonio. I'm James Smith in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Joe, let's get this year over with. Is that okay with you? Man, that's a very half-empty type of attitude, James. Yeah, but who, is there a single person on the planet who's thinking, you know, 2020, not too bad. I got, you know, pretty good. It's no. It's like there's all kinds of stuff. I think I think you're right. Everybody wants to turn the page and move on. I so, am yeah. not superstitious whatsoever. But if you're going to look for anything, any marker, you know, to change after this stupid year, then it's at least the calendar. Just change it to 2021, please. Something. Yeah, yeah, I am, I am, I am looking forward to it. So, <laughs> uh, so we're going to go over a little bit like we did last year um, of the year. Although, as I joked about last week um, in the in the last podcast, you know, gosh, what's the number one story of the year? I just don't know. Um, so we sh- let's go through basically some of the highlights, and they're basically lowlights also of the year. And the number one thing is uh, COVID. It took for for us, I would say, and everybody else, it took. Uh, you know, March was really the point at which it uh, shut everything down. Um, I remember sitting here in this house in, in Santa Fe talking with you and also talking with other people about what are we going to do? Like my, my club shut down, your club shut down. I mean, obviously there was nothing going on, no competition. We were in the midst of the high school season. So it is – I was thinking about this before the show, which is to say um, – it's a little embarrassing to talk about COVID in the context of water polo because we're just a small little weird European sport when it's been such a significant story for the entire planet. But it most definitely did affect us. It affected the sport and just, you know, in a, in a way that it, that it has uh, all kinds of other things. So, um, but it, it's still yeah, a little weird, actually, right? Yeah, I was actually coming back from a camp in San Antonio, a water polo camp that I ran in San Antonio. And I got a frantic uh, call or text from my wife who said, we're out of toilet paper and there's no toilet paper <laughs> oh, yeah. in the store. Yep. So I stopped some small little town in Hico, Texas, and they had a whole aisle full of toilet paper. <laughs> it was a little bit of an off-brand, let's just say. <laughs> we actually, like, I, I bought a couple. Otherwise known as newspaper or something like that? No, no, okay. no. It was just an off-brand where I've never heard of that, mm-hmm. never seen it since those. Yeah. But uh, – but I but I made my wife happy because I came home with two big things of toilet paper. <laughs> what is it about our wives? Because like, uh, we, we, again, we were here at the time, and we had for whatever reason brought a bunch of toilet paper with us from Austin, and then we went out and bought more. And I remember my daughter coming to you know in, <laughs> into the room and looking at my mom like, "What are we doing? <laughs> this is crazy." But anyway, it worked out. Like we didn't have a, a, a I had a family member who actually called me to say, "Hey, do you have any extra toilet paper?" I said, "Yes, but I'm not shipping it to California. There's no way." So yeah, yeah that's how but, odd but, things I mean, were. We are joking a, a little bit about you know COVID a little bit, and we're going to probably be this is going to be a, a, like a, a little lighthearted, but you know, just you know. 
there's a lot of people that have been negatively uh, kind of affected and, you know, COVID has reached a lot of people, millions and millions of people. And our hearts go out to like to all those people that have been affected by this, that have, that have, that have lost loved ones and such like that. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's one of those things where I'm, yeah, I'm sure those people are looking to move into 2021, but you know, 2020 is going to be remembered for a really long time. This is our generations or this generation's, you know, kind of the Kennedy assassination or 9-11. Something like that. Yeah. And that's why I'm, that's what I mean about how, yes, we're going to talk about the ways that we reacted to the news back in, in the day. And I think we can say, fortunately, that we've just, just simply not heard too much about people being affected by it in a, in a health wise um, among the water polo community in Texas and beyond. So we're very lucky in that regard. But we, we exhibited some behaviors that were maybe strange at the time, but that were indicative of what was going on. And they're kind of funny. And the, But no, there's no question. I mean, it's, it's again, what I mean is it's just so significant. It's to cover. Uh, I was joking with Joe before we started to say, yeah, the people really need to know more about COVID. We got to inform them. It's like the last thing anybody wants to hear is us two knuckleheads talking about COVID. It's really more about how it affected us personally, how it affected the sport, and uh, how it's going to continue to do so, I think, for some time. And, it, I mean, and you know, there was a lot of no water pull there for a while. That's and, right. You know, and, we, and we're going to talk about getting started here in a sec, but, you know, we were, we've been blessed here to be able to get a, a lot of clubs have been better, have been able to get it back in the water and been practicing at some level since the summer. Right. And we've had And we've had some tournaments, but, you know, you know, water pole is going to come back just like other sports are going to come back. Yep. Just like, you know, all the students back at school, it's, it's all going to come back to normal. It just may not be exactly on the time frame that we want. may not be exactly and, the um, same either, which is fine. Oh, you yeah. Know? yeah. I mean, and, I mean, and, you know, I just hope that we all kind of come back a little bit stronger, a little bit more, you know, kind of have a better understanding of each other and um of you know and everybody's a bit more patient so i will say that i think and we've covered this before but that the culture of the sport within this state is such that i feel like there's a pretty robust amount of uh, resilience among families coaches teams and so on and so i can't tell you what it looked like in the, on the lacrosse field or in basketball practice or whatever but the families that i've encountered in the sport have been eager and happy to get back in the pool meaning that they yeah. they of course they're assessing risks of course but that they understand that that's the point is that you have to balance one with the other but they were but we have not had that kind of um i don't know negative at attitude about about getting the sport going again in some strange times yeah and that's one thing i'm kind of proud of is like all the different clubs and parents and athletes and coaches they've all kind of come together and um, if they've started practicing, they've, yeah, they started practicing in, in a responsible manner. You know, they've worked properly with their facilities, school districts, et cetera, to be able to do this. You know, we put in some, some restrictions for some tournaments that have been going on and, you know, it's, and it's, everybody's been kind of, you know, kind of, you know, yeah, together in this. And I think everybody's just very thankful that the kids get to play. I mean, I can't say that for other sports. Yeah. You know, I like, like. I like, I have a niece that plays softball and I've been out there and there's nobody wearing a mask mm. or, I, or I have friends that have their kids play lacrosse and they're like, Oh, there's not a mask in sight. So I've been proud that, you know, we've the water pole world, at least our little water pole world that we have, 
um, that, you know, water polo is back and people are playing, but they're trying to do it in as responsible manner as possible. To the point where this state really leads the entire country. I mean, I think that's fair to say. Like the, the, the other places where the sport has resumed in some form or another at different levels are, uh, and you correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure you will, but Utah, Florida, Connecticut, um, that's all that comes to mind. Uh, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania for their, the, the, okay. Pennsylvania's high school season was pretty unique. Like they actually went full fledged into their high school season. They went through it, but from an age group perspective, Texas led the way, I would say. I don't know. I think, um, yeah, I mean, we were part of a group of people that kind of led the way, you know, like, uh, there was a lot of stuff in Utah and kudos to Brad Piercy over there for doing that. And, um, you know, and there's a ton of people that are, that have little pockets out there that are playing that are, that are keeping the sport alive and keeping kids kind of, you know, invested in the sport. And I mean, even, even in Texas, people think that we can just go play wherever we want. We can't necessarily, Um, but you know, it's not easy to sit there and run practices. Coaches, coaches have to work hard at this. And like, you know, it's not easy to run tournaments and I, and I know we've talked about that in the past, but like, you know, there are a ton of people like that around the country, California, out of California, from the, like, like the Northwest to Ohio, to Chicago, um, to over on the East coast and Florida. So, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, there's a ton of good people out there doing as much as they can. And you know, what? water polo will be back. There's going to be some times where we have to kind of build it back up, but that's okay. That's okay. Joe's we're, being all, great. we're all in this together. And, and I think we're all kind of rowing in, in, in the same direction too. So. Well, you and I have had the dispute. I don't necessarily need us all rowing at the same time in the same direction, but at least, uh, you know, understanding that there are differences and, by the way, you're being so diplomatic. I mean, yes, those are people. All these people are very, very good-hearted. They have a good heart, but Texas, uh, I'm still going to say, is out in the front. That's you know, you can take up the other states, Joe, but I'm going to defend Texas. So you know, yes, there you and go. you and you and you really are very proud too that you were one of the first teams to be practicing back in May. <clears throat> It is, uh, as I said at the time, nobody has disputed my claim that we were the first team back in the pool. I really think that's true, actually. My club in Round Rock um, is part of a swim team, Aquatex, which um, was back at swim practice at, in May, I think it was 15th, something like that. So we got back in the pool ourselves on May 18th. We started with dry land exercises and had to set up all the rules where you had to put your bags over there. And one of the things that we did in order to, it wasn't just to take up, you know, time, but it was a, it was a fun way to um, at least spend some of the lockdown that took place between March and May, so to speak, was uh, our best of Texas. We came up with an idea to basically do a a weekly poll of fans in the state of Texas to, and uh, and created matchups between different teams from different eras and uh, Joe seeded the whole thing in a very wise manner so that the, their teams from all I over had some the help. State. I had some help. I don't think some so. Some people helped me seed it. So, so don't, so, so, so people don't, I don't want to get emails, angry emails about I'm the one that seeded the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that was all Joe. Um, yeah. So, uh, and, and really Joe, you know, the results better than anyone. And, and we talked about it before. Um, there weren't really surprises, I guess, but was it, a, maybe it was a surprise that it was so, I don't know. It was a fairly easy victory for Baytown Sterling on both boys and girls side. No, because I predicted those teams would win it. Yes, so, you did. There you go. But uh, no, no. I mean, I, the the surprising part was 
how many people voted. Mm. I know there's probably some people that voted like, you know, more than once each. Yeah, yeah we kinda, did not. Kinda each round we did not. Because it really wasn't a, sci- it wasn't a scientific study. But no. we had what? We had about 2,500 people vote over the four rounds, which was much more than what I had thought were going to oh, vote. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and, and I think the interest, because I, I saw the interest out there on social media, Facebook, yeah, just et cetera. People were talking about it. And, 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 I'm, and I'm glad we gave some people to talk about something in April. Yeah. Whenever we didn't, we when we weren't playing real high school water polo, at least we could talk a little, a little bit about the history, and we have great history. And just again, a uh, shout out to Mac McDonald and Scott Slay, who kind of who kind of helped me put together that list of teams. And uh, just congratulations to all those teams. I mean, congratulations to everybody that's played high school water polo here. But you know, a lot of those teams. I mean, they were their best team in their year. That yeah, they won the state championship. You know, for boys and girls. But yeah, I think the Sterling teams in what 2007 were the best teams yeah, yeah amazing and and not terribly competitive in the sense of the 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 actual survey of the competition it was not super competitive so clearly there were fans out there and i noticed it on social media and this is the discussion i have with europeans all the time because european water polo people don't generally speaking understand the affiliation that we have with schools like you're an a&m guy like you'll you live and die a&m I'm a UC San Diego guy, but a little, I don't know, maybe less less affiliated with it than you are with your school. But I, I'm going to root for them more than I'm going to root for my club, even though I loved playing for my club back in the day. So this, this affiliation with high school is passionate. You found people on Twitter admonishing their teammates and their classmates and their friends to say, vote for Baytown Sterling. They're up against this other team, and we deserve to win. You know, It was really interesting to watch. But I also thought it was kind of cool to see, you know, like, you know, people don't see like the voting. Right. So, um, like, you know, there's a lot of people that came out for their team may not have been in it, but they were from North Texas. So they're going to vote for the North Texas teams because they're supporting them. And the, and the, and the same thing for, from the Houston teams, which is great because it was dominated by Houston for so long that, that it just showed, you know, um, it just, so it just, it just showed like, you know, the support and like and it was great to kind of it was great to hear from some people that played back in the 70s yep you know it was great to hear about uh, it was great to hear about people that played in the 80s and 90s and to hear those stories i mean we don't need to do that we'll just do that every pandemic <laughs> yeah we'll do that <laughs> that's a good way to put it go back and listen to all those uh, podcasts by the way you should do that the, the interviews i mean it, it, as the year is winding down and hopefully we're getting into one that we don't have to focus on that kind of stuff so much you can always go back and listen to those in the past okay um then uh the return to water polo that was our next item and that's really point of pride for me personally but also uh, in a in a in a couple different ways um so march uh, sorry. Yeah. March 20, was it 18th? I think that everything just really stopped in its tracks. Some, something around there. And, uh, I was super fortunate because my club got back in the pool on May 18th. And, uh, fortunately, because I'm part of a swim club that was in practice, that was allowed to get it back into practice about a week earlier, I think. So, um, by the time May came around, we knew that the things were starting to shift a little bit. Um, and so we were back in the pool practicing in May. We were followed by some other clubs pretty, pretty closely afterward in June. Um, and then the next thing you know, we have competition going in October. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's great that, I mean, you, you kind of led the way here. 
Um, and then teams, then the other teams kind of followed suit and you're going to show that there, that there's a place for like there, there's a way to play and practice. And, you know, and then of course you were part of the group that got together and did the central Texas festival back in October. Again, kind of, kind of showed some other people that, Hey, we can have some tournaments. And then that started, you know, the other tournaments that, you know, the Texas challenge cup, like they had the Cowtown stampede. It kind of showed that we could actually do tags that long postponed tags tournament, which I think everybody enjoyed. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, getting back in the water, I think has been a blessing and again to, uh, to uh, a lot of these kids and families, you know, they've been, people were kind of cooped up there for a while yes. back in April, May, and even in, even throughout the summer. And, you know, and this was, this was, this was a good way to get them back in the water. And, and again, I think I mentioned this earlier, I'm just very proud that everybody has done it as responsibly as possible. As possible. That's right. Um, that's a bit of a self aggrandizement, I suppose, is talking about the tournaments and this stuff, the fact that my club is back in the pool, but it really was an indicator. In fact, I had conversations with people all over the country about us getting back in the pool that, um, and again, the it's, it's, it's a. Uh, it's related completely to whatever the local authority is. So the town of Round Rock was like, "Yes, you can get back into practice." And but if your area said no, I completely understand. So it was. It wasn't a matter of like we're, we're somehow smarter or whatever. It's just hap- it's happenstance. It's what the city felt was the best. And um, and I'm really pleased to say that we've had zero evidence of any cases whatsoever in the club. I don't think there's been many uh, throughout the state entirely, really. But that's the and, yeah. And it, the, the Joe though the drawback is we still cannot have physical contact and boy oh boy we miss that. Yeah, but I but I still remember back in April May, uh, doing virtual dryland sessions. Yep. And virtual little classes with the kids, and that seems like ages ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it does. And but but like the, a lot of coaches did that. A lot of coaches kept their kids kind of watching and doing and thinking water polo. And that's, and that's just part of like, and that's just part of it. So, yeah. Okay. Um, in the midst of this, there was an abbreviated, well, not in the midst before this, there was a very, very abbreviated high school season. And we did weekly polls, coaching polls to, to figure out which teams were rated the highest, uh, throughout the state. And in that abbreviated season, St. Mark's boys, which ended up being undefeated. And I think people were generally speaking thinking that they not that they were going to win but that they would make finals at, at least there's other strong teams like Geyer and so on but <clears throat> but and the foster girls ended up on top at the end of the season as well and that was a lot of fun we haven't done coaches polls like that before and we're most definitely going to do them again um, this coming fall coming fall this coming spring and we'll see how that works. But that was a that was a fun way to get people involved as well in in what's going on, not just in their region, but throughout the state. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people kind of kind of came to the podcast and uh, and kind of saw that and kind of kind of listened. They were the, the I think kids were looking for the shout outs as far as the player of the weeks and stuff of like that. So I mean, we're going to continue that this spring during high school season and. Um, and you know, I mean, we just want to really build up the athletes and yeah, and, and really recognize the people that are playing. So, and get ready for the fall, right? Of 2022. That's, that's, that's why the fall slipped out there. Okay. Um, ODP was altered. Yeah. Yeah. And then we also had some other stuff pre COVID too. You know, we had, you know, like the spin lob tournament, the master's tournament where Nyack won and Dallas women won. That was again, that, yeah, that seems like a long, long, long time, time ago. ago. That was, that, that was, that was in February. And we actually had 
the Dare to Dream down at Lamar High School. We had the three courses going with the ten and under course, and it was and that and that was a blast. So a blast and something that's going to be replicated this coming year. We'll talk about that a little yeah. bit later. Yeah. Um, the ODP season also was altered um, very very quickly. Um, national Boys National Championships was essentially the last event of the year. Um, there may have been some training sessions after that, but by the time Feb- February turned into March. Um, the ODP season was essentially over, and uh, the alterations have been made for this season as well uh, in, in a way that's – it's worked out well, I have to say, but um, it has not been not been as straightforward as it has in the past. And so and, – and I think there are still changes to come for the, the remainder of the 2020-21 yeah. season. I feel for all those because um, I still remember driving back from San Antonio, and this is, you know, whenever I was trying to find the toilet paper. Yeah. And um, I heard that the uh, like the like the ODP girls national champs got canceled. That, yes. that was on a Thursday. Then it got canceled, and, they, and everybody was supposed to leave the next day. But that's like that was just that was just when the rest of the world just or the whole entire country just started kind of kind of shutting down. So yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to you know the like you know the full fledged kind of kind of the ODP happening again at some form or fashion here in 2021. But but we get to continue some camps here in January and February, yep. and hopefully there'll be some trips later on down the road. So. Absolutely, we'll come back and we'll talk about a little bit about 2021, but also um, look back at this past horrible year, but from more personal terms. So we'll come back with that in a moment. All of TX Water Polo is brought to you advertising free, and we'd like to keep it that way. So we're asking for your help. Show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give so we can keep covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. This is Tony Azevedo, five-time Olympian. Uh, you're listening to the TX Waterpolo Podcast. James and Joe back with you. And uh, again, we're going to look forward to next year at least a little bit. Um, and there are events on the calendar already that are coming up. So what, what's on the calendar for, for the beginning of the, of the coming year? What's on the calendar for the beginning of the coming year? You know, we got the Mavs uh, Winter Festival, which could be called Mavs Fest, I guess. That's this upcoming weekend, January 2nd, uh, yeah. 3rd. There you go. Uh, we had our last tournament was tags on December 12th and 13th, and we did not decide to do the Mavs Fest until the week after. <laughs> so it was, it, it was a bit of a kind of a thrown together tournament. But, you know, again, I think I've told this to people on the podcast, there's not a whole lot of weekends for the old, like the older kids to play, so this is going to be a good opportunity. We have what thirteen teams kind of entered. There'll be there'll be there'll be twenty six games on Saturday afternoon and Sunday morning okay. at the LISD East, yeah, Eastside Aquatic Center this upcoming Saturday and Sunday. We're tagged, so, so travel safe. Yeah, if you're going to that, and good luck to all those teams. And wear your mask. Yep, absolutely. Then we have Dare to Dream two weeks after that. It's going to be January sixteenth, seventeenth at the CFISD Natatorium in Northwest Houston. Um, thank you, Chris Jones, for you know calling me and telling me that that pool was available, and um, and thank you for CFWPC is going to is going to step up and be the local host for that. Oh, nice. Um, again, that's going to be a that's we have divisions for twelve and under mixed, twelve U girls and ten U mixed, and the ten U mixed twelve U girls will play five on five. Good fun. 
And uh, was it in the 10 you will play in a short course? Got it. Yeah, that's fun. Um, yeah. about, what about spin lob? Spin lob. Um, no spin lob this year. Yeah. But uh, with with plans, I think, in the, I mean, UT is just – and UT does not have to be the host necessarily, right? But um, but we all know that but UT is, the, is – they're not operating very – Part very of that strong. tournament, part of the – like – the spin lob has just grown and grown, and you know uh, I'm gonna give props to Arseni and Tom Andrew, who have done a great job of growing that event. And last year there were 20 men's teams and 10 women's teams. Right. No, and that was, and that includes no age group teams whatsoever. Yep. So people come and they want to come to that event, but they want to come to that event in Austin. <laughs> that's and true. And in order to do it in Austin, we have to we have to host it at the UT Swim Center, and right now. That's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Yeah, that's too bad. So, um, so we just so we decided a couple months ago to just kind of yeah, just kind of call it off for this year and just plan on bringing it back in February of twenty two. I don't think people would not understand that at all. So, the high school season. I'm starting to get emails from uh, directors of uh, different regions, especially in the West, and um, the, the the plans are to proceed. Um, and as far as we know, as of now, that's what's going to take place. It might look quite a bit different than it has in the past, I suppose. I actually don't even know what that form might look like. <clears throat> but the well, high school I mean, season is coming up. Yeah, like, like you know, kind of high school, it's going to be of kind of kind of probably very similar to high school swimming where you can't really have a big – probably the big invitationals are not going to happen, the big tournaments are not going to happen. But right. you might be able to have these dual and tri-meets or tri-tournaments where you have three teams, they play on Saturday morning, the boys, girls, boys, girls, boys, girls, and then they leave. And then the next three teams come in, mm-hmm. you know, or three schools come in and, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting and we're going to have to kind of, but the games, the high school swimming state is the last two weeks of February. And then competition can start the first week of March. Right. And then, uh, we're still working on the details for the state like dates and locations and all, and all the good stuff. But, um, the plan is to have a, a full-fledged high school water polo season. So it's going to be fun. Is it possible that the state championships could be moved, you know, a couple of weeks later? I just don't even know if that would even work on the calendar. I think Tisco Water Polo is uh, looking like the Tisco Water Polo Board is looking at a lot of different options. And, yeah, and maybe even having a location for girls, a location for mm-hmm. boys. You know, just, you know, everything is on the table. You know, okay. this is 2020-2021 this is school year. Everything's on the table. Let's get through the year. <laughs> yeah. That is like, you know, let's, I think let's get through the year is the, is the motto of school districts right now. So. Yeah. Ta- awful. Yep. Uh, okay. Speaking of awful, Joe, what for you was either the, what were the worst things about this whole COVID thing for you personally or even professionally? You mean the worst and like the best and worst? Yeah. Best and worst. The best and worst. The best thing in the world for me probably was, about COVID, my, yeah, so, yeah, like, so my silver lining was my wife and I had been talking about trying to move to San Antonio mm. for years and years. And finally, we were able to do it. And Probably you just closed on a COVID. house. I'm interrupting you. Well yeah. done. Yeah. So, but, so we moved in July. We, we, yeah, we moved into a rental house in July. And then, you know, we sold our house up, yeah, up, like, uh, up in Grapevine. We moved. And then we just actually closed on a house yesterday. So, and we're going to be moving into the like the neighborhood we wanted, and we're going to be around the corner from her family uh, down the street from my family. So I mean, that's going to be probably the best thing about you know 2020 yeah, when's, for us. When's the house we were able to do it because we would not have been able to do it without COVID happening. Really? Why? 
just we haven't been able to do it the last couple of years because we're all both busy all the time. And it's okay. Yeah. Freed up it, some time. It allows us to slow down a little bit. So. Yeah. Very nice. All right. And uh, and the worst or sorry, and the worst thing. Yeah. Was was the actual act of moving. <laughs> well, and then here, ready to and then here's the worst part. Here's 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 the very worst part, right? I have to do it again. Yeah, like in a couple of weeks. I have, I have to move again, <laughs> and um, so I knew this was happening. It's in whenever you think about the plan back in June, it doesn't seem all that bad. But now the reality is setting in. I moved once. I'm like, oh, that was that day. That wasn't fun. Now I got to move again. Yeah, which is fine. This one's going to be a lot shorter move, but it's still packing up and loading trucks and getting it there. So, yeah. and uh, I mean. Again, I'm just you know, that's on the that's on the lighter side of the good and bad. So what about you? Well, so, but first so what's of all, the good one, and bad about COVID. All right, before I say that though, the, your your next move though is at least in theory far far more permanent than any other, right? I mean, yes, yes, yes. And so I think you, I talked to a I talked to a buddy yesterday, and he's like, "This is the place where you're gonna like get roots." I go, "Yeah, probably." Yeah. And, and you're so, exactly right. So at least there's hope involved in this move. Like once it's done, you're done, at least for any reasonable period of time. Okay. Well, congratulations. Yeah. We, yeah, we just signed our life on a 30 year mortgage. So yeah. So there you go. <laughs> your whole life. That's the way I felt the first time we bought a house too. It didn't work out that way. Actually, it was fine. Um, I don't the, think how many mortgages actually get to 30 years. Never. No, never. We had a, we had a 40 year mortgage in California. We just laughed out loud. There's just zero chance it's going to happen. So next thing you know, yeah. we're in Texas. Yeah. It'll be refinanced or we'll move on to something else. There so, you go. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, for me, the worst thing, this is a very, again, it's a, it's a sort of a lighter side thing, but you know, my family and I travel uh, pretty decently. We go to Europe at least once a year, go overseas somewhere. And that all got canceled and, uh, you know, understandably so. So, but, but the thing, and it sort of segues into the best thing about COVID for me, but uh, hanging out with my family is fun. I really like it a lot. So I really missed out on our travel because it's almost always a pleasant adventure. I mean, almost, well, it is always, but the entire trip is often very good. Yeah, little, little things here and there. But so I missed out on that. I can't say that I necessarily missed out on traveling within Texas so much, even though I still did for ODP. And uh, for tournaments and so on, so that worked out fine. But uh, but yeah, that, I think that might be the the biggest, the one of the biggest things. I'm, I'll bet you anything. I think of something before the show ends, and then I'll come up with it. But like I said, best thing about it was that uh, I suppose you could list this as worst as well. It's not really, but uh, being home with my family all the time again, it's fun. It's fun. Like it's a little frustrating because you want your kid to go to school. My wife wants to go to her office. She can't do that. But all things considered, it's great. You go into the house and everybody's there for lunch and, you know, you see each other early in the evening and then I head off to practice and come home and, you know, it's it's really fun. So that part's good. And I will say professionally that I have never improved nearly as much as I did during the lockdown uh, as a coach because – and all thanks to coaches like Jack Coker, like uh, Brian Flax uh, from Harvard-Westlake – like uh, um, Justin Pudwill, I, I just took the time to reschool myself and re-energize, and I think it's paid off re- decently. It's to the point where now I need to do it again because uh, at the end of the year they're sort of like this kind of doldrums. But um, I, I'm really grateful for that, actually. Like genuinely grateful that they were uh, kind enough and generous, generous enough to, to to spend their time teaching people like me how to coach. So that was the, that was the best thing for me, at least 
professional. Yeah, I mean, if I can add a little professional thing, um, I I can tend to figure stuff out, you know, whether it's computer, phone, or whatever, right? I, I may not know how to do it right away, but I'll be able to teach myself and kind of figure it out. But um, this whole, like, you know, I think a lot of people took a quantum leap as far as, you know, working from home and yeah, and working kind of, kind of remotely, whether it's Zoom meetings or being able to, you know, like your like like your presentations and stuff like that. I, I think everything kind of kind of took a quantum leap, as far as as far as my end's concerned. And and it, and it was a lot of fun doing like like the uh, like the like the Southwest Zone Town Hall meetings, the coach to coach stuff. Um, and we might even start that stuff here again. That's in it. January, February. Yeah, so we will see. It's you're you're exactly right. Actually, you reminded me because um, obviously nothing can replace you know actual practice. Um, nothing. However, um, and this is maybe a little specific to my facility, but we don't have a good place to meet. Like, actually, we have bad places to meet. They're just genuinely uncomfortable and they're not, you know, it's all outdoors. There are no really, no offices. So our um, Chalk Talks and our parent meetings have all been online for obvious reasons. And I'm going to continue to do that. And it's, it's interesting that that's the way that it came about was because of this stupid virus. But that's been super, super helpful and will continue to be that way, I think. Yeah. We and, learned a uh, lot. But, but, yeah, but now we're going to digress into some little pop culture stuff. Go tell me. So, so you're the moviegoer. Here's the problem. Like we, we were talking about how uh, our top movies and our top TV shows for the whole year. And, uh, and uh, I, generally speaking, do not go to the movies. My wife likes to go every once in a while. Um, I've become perfectly accustomed to watching them at home. But you are the moviegoer. I think you missed out on that much more than I did for COVID. But even considering all that, what were the best or the, what were your top movies of this this past calendar year? Yeah, I, I don't even, I don't kind of remember the last movie I went and saw in in the movie theater. I really don't remember. But um, kind of kind of some of the best movies I kind of jotted down of like uh, like a few. Um, you know, I, I remember like you know obviously a lot of these would be like kind of Netflix and Amazon Prime right. stuff. Because there weren't a whole lot of movies actually at, like, but you know, like the movie called Late Night, which is of like a fun little, uh, like a fun little movie on Prime, The King, which was like kind of kind of an old school, you know, like you know, kind of you know the swords and sandals, yeah, type thing. <laughs> the old, yeah, like yeah, like the Old Guard, which was the Charlie's kind of Theron little kind of kind of Netflix movie this summer, Extraction. You know, those were. Uh, those were that was a good little dumb kind of turn your brain off kind of action movie. You know, um, Bad Education was an HBO movie which came out this yeah about this year and it did. I, I kind of watched it. yeah wow. and uh, and then and, and that was a great little movie about like just like the inner workings of a school district and just kind of can kind of somebody on a big power trip and my wife loved that movie. I was so. just gonna say then, she she resonates with her I think yeah. And then, and then, you know, my wife and I watched a movie of, like I guess last week we saw a Midnight Sky, which mm, what's was that one? Um, it's a George Clooney movie. It, it's on, it's oh, on yeah. Netflix, I and we, it. yeah, and we and we thought it was it was good. And one movie that was horrible, yeah, and I was hoping it was going to be so much better, and was horrible was Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. That's what I hear. Everybody says it sucks. Uh, yeah, it's not. And uh, 
And that was just, it was not horrible. It was just disappointing, yeah. you know, but I think all sequels can be a little disappointing. So yeah. here you go. So what about you and, in, in, yeah, in your movies? There's zero chance I would ever watch that Wonder Woman stuff, but I read reviews of it. They just said it was just God awful. Um, you don't um, watch the yeah. movie, but yeah, but you read reviews. Come on. Yeah, no, they're part of my news place. You know, sites that I read. Is they'll, they'll. I have, I have some movie reviewers that I really like to, to read. It's, it's like the, <laughs> it's like the having the cliff notes for the movie. You know, I, then I don't actually have to go see it, and then I can talk about it. But um, for me, so the, the, I'm similar to you, I think, in some ways, which is that uh, again, I don't necessarily see movies that came out in the calendar year. The top movie that I saw this year is called The Writer, which is a it's a drama, but it is so um, close to the characters that it may as well be a documentary about rodeo uh, in in South Dakota. It is spectacular, and the actors are not actors actually; they they are actual ranchers, and uh, it, that it, it's about a very severe injury that somebody gets. Uh, it was spectacular. I really I'm I love stories like that. Absolutely love them. And then on a lighter note, Joe, <laughs> there's a movie called Mr. Jones, which actually details a reporter's trip into Ukraine during what they call the Holomodor, which is uh, the famine that Stalin caused purposely in Ukraine in the, in the mid-century. And it was, it was very good. It wasn't great, um, but it was very good. And it's an area that I'm actually interested in. It's part of my academic background. Um, so those were the two movies that really come to mind. Pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty um, lighthearted yeah. stuff. You and I have different tastes of music, or um, yeah, in yeah, in movies. So there you go. But if you like that Stalin movie, you got to go watch the Death of Stalin. Yeah, so, I've seen that too. Go. So I'll give you. I didn't see it this year. I think we saw it the year before. I watched it with my daughter, and uh, having again studied the Soviet Union, I lived there for a while. Um, I was not as enamored with it as other people were because it felt to me like it was lightheartedly dealing with what was very, very serious terror at the time. Um, and of course, they were mocking all of the people at the top uh, of the of the organization. And so should they. But uh, yeah, it seemed a little, I don't know, didn't didn't quite hit home with me as hard as uh, I did with other people who really found it funny. Yeah. So what are your top TV shows? All right. TV shows. So um, how many times are I going to mention The Crown? I just we just watched it the other night. It's it's phenomenal. I just love that show. Um, it, it, the acting is good. The storylines are good. Yeah, it's it's obviously extra, it's just very very beautiful. How could you not make a royal family look you know not beautiful? But it's really good. Um, the Queen's Gambit was way way better than I thought it was going to be. I don't know why I had low expectations, but it was it was very good. The ending was a bit predictable, a bit syrupy, but I don't care. It was really nice. Um, my wife turned me on to this show called Tehran about a, an attempt by Israeli spies to get into Iran and to basically mess around with its nuclear program. And uh, again, very dramatic, very well done. Uh, I have two more. One is a Finnish uh, mystery called Border Town, which I loved. really enjoyed watching that. It's about a cop who is very successful at hunting down murderers and such and uh, is shipped off or volunteers to go to a very small town on the edge of uh, between Finland and Russia and, uh, and uh, you know, hilarity ensues. Not really. And then I mentioned it before. 
I was actually really smitten with Ted Lasso. I thought that thing was going to be a dog. I just thought it was going to be unfunny, and it was on the nose, and it was very straightforward, and the humor was very straightforward, but I found it just completely charming. Like, uh, I've been uh, touting it to family members who are into sports as well, and so I do that to you as well. Good. And uh, was it, yeah. That's a that's a nice little list. And, How about uh, you? I mean, I I mean, I also had the Queen's Gambit on my list mm-hmm. of stuff. I think I, I I even think I told you to watch it, right? So, and um, I do what you say. So yes, the, yeah. So the like the Queen's Gambit was good for sure. Um, Ozark, it's oldie but a goodie. I, I think they had the new season back, you know, pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, a new one was The Flight Attendant, which is on HBO Max, which is with the girl from Big Bang Theory on there. Yeah. And know. that was a very kind of a Kind of, kind of an interesting it it kind of dragged a little bit but i thought it was good and um but you know i'd have to say a cobra kai oh yeah you told me about that i you i you gave me homework i still haven't done that you said it was actually cobra way kai. better than you might think right and the new season of cobra kai is coming out january 1st on netflix Jeez, you know, so you, but uh yeah and uh was it yes that was uh that was legit and i liked uh, i like cobra kai but then i just want to take everybody back for a sec everybody back to the most pop culture moment people don't remember but the most pop culture moment ever in 2020 at the beginning of covid the tiger king okay (laughs) speaking of a million years ago you know you had that um i think the lady that was on there if i forget her name even got on dancing with the stars you know carol baskin oh no so you know and so like you know but that was so just to wrap up our little covid and that's the number one thing Tiger King. Everybody remember Tiger King. Everybody's there. You go. Yeah, you can actually. You interviewed uh, uh, Angela Uno earlier in the year, and that was one of the main subject matters. So you can go back and listen to that podcast from earlier this year. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Joe, I'm so glad this year's over. What are you doing to, for New Year's Eve, if anything? I might sleep. Yeah, really. Yeah, because yeah. I have a tournament this weekend. Oh, so, that's, that makes that makes sense. We do nothing. Like we watch the fireworks in New York, maybe, maybe. <laughs> my 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 wife goes to bed so early, so uh, yeah. I'm I am sure we'll go do something, but you know, okay. I don't know what. We'll figure that one out at probably at five o'clock tomorrow afternoon. I think we're lucky to be here because uh, Austin's going to lock down as of tomorrow, from my understanding. So <clears throat> we're here up in the hills of nowhere. So we could, uh, we, if we had firearms, we could probably fire them off. There's just so few people around here. But nope, we'll uh, we'll just enjoy it from in front of the couch. So happy New Year, Joe. It's been a great year. Yeah, James. Thanks, and uh, for everybody listening, just uh, just um, happy holidays. Um, uh, Merry Christmas. Um, happy Hanukkah. Yeah, just happy Kwanzaa. You know, you know, kind of kind of festivist for the rest of us, and happy New Year. Yeah, we're looking forward to twenty twenty one. And when I say great year, I mean for the podcast. We've uh, really had some absolutely phenomenal feedback from people. We're super grateful for everybody listening. Um, for sharing it, for telling a friend, and so on. And we're hoping to do, as you uh, heard earlier already in the podcast, more plans for 2021. But thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to contribute uh, to the program, txwaterpolo.com forward slash give. And until next week, Happy New Year and so long from Santa Fe. So this is the new year.
This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.